0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, this week, we are going to continue part two of our podcast that we started last week on authority and judgment. Now, just to let you know, this one's a little bit of a rough cut as we uh, begin the podcast because we actually recorded about 50 minutes last week and split it into two pieces. So I'd encourage you, if you haven't already listened to part one, go back and listen to last week's or else you will uh, catch this one mid-conversation and not too much will make sense. But we thank you for listening, and here is part two of our series on authority and judgment
1: yeah and maybe maybe this is another podcast i don't know uh or maybe we just end it but going back to we kind of define the spiritual authority just questions on so appropriate judgment of people like and, and and there maybe there's some assumptions here that we have to make. maybe we're not given all the details, but when he says, "Hey, purge this evil person from among you, uh they need to be removed from among you. um do they get a chance to come back like if they're if they're repentant, does you know does that change? and th- those those are the kinds of questions that I have with you know we we are to we do have spiritual authority in Christ. we are to hold each other accountable. I think of you know matthew seven three. Three through five, where it talks about, you know, if you've got the speck in your eye, or instead of dealing with the the speck in your brother's eye, remove the plank from your own type of thing. So I think all that has to be accounted for, meaning if I'm going to judge somebody, I also have to know that I'm a broken, sinful person and that playing field is leveled. Now, you might have done a really heinous thing, but I think the thing that I trip over is, uh, you know, remove that evil person from among you and and i've already cast my judgment on this person and um yeah i don't i don't really know what the question is there but what is that maybe it's what does that look like for the modern day church when we when we know someone's in our in our congregation that has committed an act like this what are what are those what are the <laughs> What are this those is stuff? this is not. Good.
0: You have just asked a question at 25 minutes. That this is not going to be the 25 minute podcast. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say part two. You and I are going to keep talking, and then we'll we'll edit this into two parts. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start it back. Edit this out. Da da da. Of where? Or maybe I won't edit it out. And you can just hear the behind the scenes hoopla of how we fall down the stairs to and having conversations. That, yeah. Um. But so welcome to part two. Uh. But I think. So you, you describe that as what do we do about somebody who is within our congregation who is transgressing?
1: Yeah. So if so if we if we cut this and and you're coming in onto this as a as part two, what we're talking about is the judgment aspect. Yeah, having having spiritual authority to go and rightly judge someone who is in our congregation who is committing sin and you know, Paul says, Hey, remove them from among your your, your gathering. Um what does that look like in today's
0: well I think number terms. one I think you gotta really highlight the area of sin Paul's talking about um, which is um, sexual immorality um, which I do think I mean I mean, let me say this I know there's reactions and overreactions at everything but the radar being up right now is not bad um, I think what we've done a poor job defining is for believers what is sexual immorality mm. um, and I don't just mean that in the modern context of various political debates. I mean, like historically, mm-hmm. like you go back 50 years and there's still, we haven't held a tight ship on other things. And that's all I'll say about that because that's yeah. another, another yeah. deep dive. Um, if we've been very selective about what's the worst sexual immorality mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. what's the, oh, that's not so bad. They can still be a deacon mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. sexual immorality within the church globally. And so with that, I think one, understanding what you're walking through when you say transgression. So somebody has a blatant struggle with sin and there's like a hot list. So it's a, it's an addiction. It's some type of immorality, like something's going on to where there's somebody in your congregation. They have that. And it is public, like Facebook official knowledge that that's going on. Right. Yeah. I think number one, uh, that's where a lot of churches use church membership because it defines the level of accountability that that person sign up for are you on board and part of our body of believers well if you are then we want to walk through this with you mm-hmm. number two i think there's also you have people who attend on a sunday that would be regular attenders but they're not really involved in the church mm-hmm. like they just come to the service and so that's really different but i think where it comes back to is on that relational aspect like if they're really a part of the body of believers they've they've they're diving in, I'm here, I want to serve, I want to get involved, I want to be a part of this mission. It is crazy different on that level mm-hmm. than it is on the somebody who's just attending yeah. a few times a year. Yeah. And so across that board, I think that goes back to that relational authority, number one. Like, number one, do you have a person who knows them, who can sit down across the table and say, hey man, tell me what's going on with this? Yeah. Or, we, I've noticed this, yeah. can you tell me what's going on? There's also something at play about the attitude of the individual, and, and let, let, let me maybe rephrase that a little bit. Um, so let's say it's one of the big dark. You need to be removed from all position mm-hmm. type of sins, and maybe it's not a worldly sin, but it is a a a, a Christian mm-hmm. across the line. Like that's not the way we need to behave, um, and that's what that person's proclaiming. Um, I've had conversations with people to where that line's been crossed and they have been sorrowful, repentant, and ready to do whatever is necessary to get back on track. And then I've had conversations with people that go, nope, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't get it. And we've had to have a conversation of like, okay, um, well, that's kind of against the beliefs of the rest of the group here. And so probably it's best if we part ways. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think too, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm going back to to the end of, of chapter five where um, where Paul says, for what have I to do with with judging outsiders? God judges those outside. So I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, if it's my neighbor across the fence who's got something going on in their life, uh, whether, and, and this is my question is whether they're a believer or not, the judgment aspect of this i think is different outside of the church walls possibly so i'm i'm not saying that we don't hold that person accountable or address things with them but when it's within the side of the church walls uh i was talking to one of the guys on our worship team about this this past week you know it's a it's a protection of the flock especially yep. as pastors and leaders in the church hey this we're, we are to shepherd and protect our flock so if someone's coming in and there's and there's devious or evil things that we need to, hey, we, we can't have that in here because, again, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, right? Like, it's, yep. it it gets in and that's not good. And if we don't address it, then it, it could be arrogance. It could be pride. It could be things that we're not addressing. So I think there's, there's the church side of it, uh, but then there's also, like, you know, we want to hold each other accountable, but I think there's a difference in how you would address that with your neighbor across the fence than you would someone who's in your church walls you know committing an act like this.
0: Well, and I also think like let's define judgment. Okay, because the world we live in judgment is I'm right and you're wrong. Right. And that's judgment. I think in this context, especially in the scriptural context, judgment is a evaluation. And I would also put it, tag this to it. It's a heartbroken evaluation. Like when you are judging Or making a judgment on that this person is living a certain way and it is a destructive lifestyle number one you're grieved and number two you're asking the question of is there any way that I can step in to help and so let's take that equation if it's within the body of believers that you've agreed to come together as the body to work towards the mission to make disciples you see a action that's gonna have a negative result aka sin Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You are grieved and want to step in, not just for that person, but for the whole body and for the work of the entire body. And so you want to step in and be able to have a loving, truthful conversation with them. So then you take it outside the walls. Your neighbor, you're noticing that there's this, you know, they're just just, just thinking. Like, you notice an activity that is crazy leading towards destruction. Mm Mm-hmm you are at that point heartbroken about it and prayerful about an opportunity to speak into that. And so you start building the relationship. Same thing with evangelism, because we believe, hey, we're all headed towards destruction unless we know Jesus. Correct. Yeah. It's that same metric. It's because you're heartbroken over sin. You see it and it grieves you. Yeah. And then number two, you also have this realization is they've got to make the call. So you're not being judgmental and smacking them in the face with it. Type deal, okay? It's not the not the first world, 2022 right. American judgmental. Right. You are gauging what's going on and going. That's heartbreaking. I want to understand. I want to have a conversation. I want to know what's behind these actions. I want to know what's going on. And then if they're open to it, I will journey down it with them. If they close the door, then you know what? I'm gonna continue to love them. Mm-hmm. But it's dust off my feet until god reopens the door
1: right and it reminds me too of you know the story of the lady caught in adultery where you know we're so quick to have stone in hand yep. ready to cast it and judge but then what does christ do he hey you without sin go ahead and throw go ahead and throw that first stone and no one does but he says you know don't sin anymore like there, there's still that authority and obviously that's Jesus right there's still that authority there's that judgment there's that i've judged the situation i know the situation uh don't do this anymore but there but there's still that relationship and that grace and when everybody else understood their brokenness you know it it was not like again like paul says uh in in 5 uh, verse 2 you're arrogant those that those that had the stones in their hand ready to throw it they were arrogant in that and then like you were saying, the next line is, ought you not rather to mourn? So it's a, it's a brokenness of of knowing that we're broken, knowing that our brother or sister in Christ is in brokenness, and we need to put down the stones, and we need to judge rightly, which it sounds like we're coming around to understanding as just holding each other biblically accountable yeah. for for what Christ has called us to be.
0: Well, I mean, let's take it outside, outside the body of believers once again, and let's look at like... we'll say Christian evangelistic techniques that come off as judgment. Because I mean, I remember we were, we were looking at, um, there was a study done based on like when you hear this word that describes our particular denomination. And it was, it was the, the, the the word Baptist, like, what do you think of? And I think number two on the list was judgmental. Oh, wow. Like it was way up there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, it was one of those awarenesses of, like, you know, because Baptist culture, you just want to go fly that word all around and let everybody know. But mm-hmm. to a non believer like, the top five words were negative. There was nothing positive. Like, it was all, like, judgmental, hate-filled, da-da-da-da. And so, like, part of me as I think through that. Like, that's how we got to be careful the way we come off to the world mm-hmm. and present ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the other day I'm driving and I pass, like, um, Signs that say, Jesus saves, repent of your sins, da-da-da. Like, there's people actually holding them. And in my head, I'm going, like, what if we change that? Like, you want to know how not to come off judgmental? Start with your sin. Mm-hmm. Like, what if that guy's, like, struggled with alcohol, still have the desire, Jesus saves? Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, I pass by that. All of a sudden, I'm going, like, wait, what? Right. Like, And so, like, with the neighbor equation, like, if your agenda is to show up to let them know what they're doing wrong right now, or that's your approach to like, like you know, get it, get it real personal. Like you watch families do that with each other. Yeah. Like, hey, let me send you that's this article, point, and this thing, yeah. right?
1: And so like, start with your sins. And Paul does that, right? He yes. says, "I am I am the chief of all sinners. Like yep. I have I have done the the worst of the worst." And and I think that's that's a critical point is to go, again, he's, and he, and, I, and I'm not knocking on Paul here. I love Paul. And he's the first to say, I'm not boasting in myself or what I've done. Yep. I'm boasting in the Lord. He's the one that does all the work in and through me. And I think that is a huge part of the equation in churches where we get that, like I said, I think the, earlier, that, that sweaty Bible-thumping pastor right. yep. who, who it's like, he's really coming down hard on me. You know, and, and again not, not that he has to expose his sin and, and things all the time, but there's a way to do that. There's a way to get proximate to go, I've I am broken, Christ has, has done a work in me and, and I am mourning, like it says right here in chapter five, I am mourning for you and I want you to get right and I want you to experience the transform transforming yeah. power of Jesus Christ.
0: And I think when I've when I've been in those conversations, um I, and I've tried it both ways. I, like, I've tried the way where I'm just, like, going to take Scripture out and tell you how you're wrong. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to try and convince you that this actually wrong. And then I've also, like, and in, in my head as I'm sitting here thinking through this, there's legitimately, like, this short list of major struggles in my life mm. that God has worked with me on that are testimony elements that I've got to be willing to share. And so when I'm sitting down talking to somebody, and especially, like, if it's a sin that I used to struggle with where I have been turned over Mm. and I've experienced the negativity and then experienced the rescue. Mm. I can talk about that. Like I can sit there and talk through this struggle that I once had and I dove into this and 10 years later, I'm still dealing with it. And the only redemption I've found is that God has rescued me. And now that desire is gone. I still grieve the history of it and I'm dealing with it. But... God's the one who saved me from it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to see you go down that path and taste that mm-hmm. and I think that's just it. I think when it gets down to that, understand that testimony element that exists yeah. that that's yeah. a big
1: part if if we're if we're doing the air quotes here, holding someone accountable and we don't have skin in that game, exactly. I think that that very quickly not saying it always is, but can very quickly cross the line of inappropriate judgment where you're forgetting the plank in your own eye and going and judging the speck in somebody else's. And I think that's why Jesus outlined that in Matthew 7 to go, you need to evaluate yourself and what I've done in you and, and your own brokenness. And I think that's the way that we we show our spiritual authority to go, hey, Christ in me, man. Like like the yep. person on the, on, on the side of the road. Hey, I still struggle with this. I had a struggle with this. I have these desires, but Christ in me. That now gives me an authority to go, it's not me. But it's Jesus in me to be able to help you, to be able to point to you, to be able to help correct you yep. and channel you down the right path. Well, I mean, and that's, and, and I think one thing we've
0: got to recognize, I need to be careful here, I got to think through this, is culturally what has bloomed um, from a natural, what I would say, if you look at the world we exist in now and the natural sinfulness of man and what happens anytime you put large amounts of sinful man together, we're in a judgy cultural bent right now. Like the way that we find out basic news information is because there is a culture within that realm of go find the most gaudy detail, the darkest thing, write an opinion piece on it that has a little bit of drama to it. And that is what quote-unquote good journalism is. Well, let me let me and, say and, that. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead and finish. But, but I think that, and that's where, like, and here's the deal. I, like, I'm a communications major, okay? Yeah. So, like, went through all this in, like, how you do good journalism and all this stuff. But I think what's happened is, is, like, it's kind of shifted to be this... Where we're a little bit blinded to like, okay, what are the long-term effects here? Because the culture's gone. And I think that's where a lot of our heads go. Like, we want to read that story. We want to find out that news. And we pick up on the temporary drama of it. And we don't have relational skin in the game. And we begin to mentally pass judgment on like, well, how could any organization or how could any individual do dot, dot, dot? Just because it's a sin we don't struggle with or a mistake we didn't make. And then we get really self-righteous about it and
1: judgy. And that starts to become the mood with which we try to portray the gospel yeah well i think if we take out if we don't take the time to dig into god's word and and ask these questions of spiritual authority and and ask questions of judgment and we don't and we and we try to remove god's word and his authority from it we have what we have in the world today which is what you just described as um we become super judgmental and we're always constantly pointing the finger yeah and i think we or also the flip side of that is we're completely tolerant and anything goes. And so, hey, whatever you want to do, right. like it doesn't matter. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to speak against it. Anything goes. And that's the world that we currently live in is we have people pointing the finger and people pointing the finger at them going, how dare you point a finger at anything? And, and, because, and we're there because we've taken out the key element and ingredient, which is God's truth and His Word and how He designed things to be, which is to go, hey, if you're not in Christ and you're broken, I need to first tell you about truth and how Jesus can save. And if you are a believer, I now have to hold you accountable, whether it's comfortable or whether it's not.
0: Well, the deal is, is like, so here's the two extremes. If you're just passively like, we're going to let whatever happen and it's okay. You're literally allowing people to progress towards destruction. Right. If you're on the current world judgy side of it, where you are just throwing out, who's doing what's wrong. You're literally repelling people towards judgment. Right. And what we're mm. called to do when we talk about this authority and this biblical aspect of judgment, it is to get to know somebody and to journey with them. That's right. No matter what it costs you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Hashtag parenting. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean yeah. I mean in all seriousness. And I think that's where um
1: Hashtag parenting, hashtag discipleship, hashtag life. All that stuff. Christian living.
0: And so anyway, I think when you sit there and we're getting to the end of this this two parter here, um and and I apologize because I think it's gonna end up being a rough cut between versions one and two. Like I didn't we're gonna have to go back and put like a transition phrase in there. It's fine. But anyway. Our um, audience knows us. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I think when we get to the application here, I think it's one what causes your egotistical authority or your improper judgment alarms to go off Mm -hmm. to where all of a sudden you're worried about how bad it is instead of you having skin in the game or you looking introspectively at yourself what you need to do and then number two where do you need the right to ship and step in to biblically steward your authority Mm -hmm. and use the power of God within you Mm -hmm. to help somebody journey to a relationship with God that's right whether it's parenting, whether it's as a boss, whether it's as a neighbor, whatever it is, um, what areas, like, what 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 stood out to you from all this? And maybe plain and simple, you need to go back and you need to read 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 and just have some extensive quiet times on that and go, hey, how do I want to be a light in the world? How, how's God calling me to do that? Right. So awesome. Well, this one was interesting. Uh, we thank you for tuning in.
1: Yeah. And if you didn't catch the first part and just this started really <laughs> yeah, weird, absolutely. go back and, and catch yeah. the, the first part. And uh, thank you guys for just kind of thank you, Matt, for making sense of my my rambling that is questions. Not, no, no, no
0: <laughs> that was one of those like uh, you're asking a question where Matt can sound like a jerk if Justin's not here to, <laughs> to make it <laughs> to, to speak with love. So anyway, we thank you for listening and we will see you next week.